0: The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad, pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast.
1: What's happening, Tiger Basketball fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, commercial appeal sports columnist. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Munns, our Tiger basketball beat writer. We are coming to you midweek. Uh, Tigers have had a few days off after taking care of business against Tulsa on the road. Also took care of business against SMU at home. You know, essentially did what they needed to do against the two worst teams in the league. Uh, and now they get a nice little break and they look ahead to a revenge game against Tulane to start off February first of a stretch in which they play 3 of 4 games at home before taking on Houston middle of the month um and they are in a nice little groove again they are on a 5 game winning streak 17 and 5 overall 7 and 2 in league play um in a very comfortable spot probably in a better spot on February 1st than any previous penny Hardaway team I believe the 2019-20 team was also 17 and five um but they had started losing a couple games at that point um so um a good moment to take stock of uh what they've done and and what's left so a lot to get to potentially Malcolm Dandridge's return again the two-lane game. The Lorenzen Wright jersey retirement is happening this weekend. We'll discuss it all here in this episode of the podcast. But Muns, let's start here. Um, How would you evaluate this team coming off a week where they did basically exactly what they were supposed to do? Didn't gain anything from it, but obviously didn't lose anything from it. But they come out and, you know, lead SMU by 30 at one point. Probably a game where the final score wasn't even indicative of how dominant Memphis was for most of the game. And then they go on the road at Tulsa, have a little bit of trouble, but then with about 14, 15 minutes to go, Kendrick Davis turns it on and they uh, they win by double digits, win comfortably on the road against another bad team. How do you evaluate? What Where's this team at in your mind? What's the status, if you will, the progress report?
0: Well, you say they didn't hurt themselves by winning both of the games that they won last week, but they did actually. They were like, what, 37th, I believe it was, in the net before going 2-0 against SMU at home in Tulsa on the road, and they dropped, as we sit here today, Wednesday afternoon, they're 42nd in the net. Um, Now, part of that is not necessarily, like, I don't think all of that is based on what they did like that they only beat smu by x amount or they only beat t- tulsa by x amount or the fact that they played the two worst teams in the league didn't um, they beat the spread
1: in both games
0: Uh
1: i know they I mean, did against smu i'm pretty sure they did against tulsa too
0: yeah maybe so but but yeah so like i don't think it's as much about that as it is about other teams probably you know doing more um, in the past week than Memphis did, and then other teams that you know were helping Memphis out metrically, like the Texas A and M's of the world and the VCU's and the St. Louises, they some of those teams had some rough B- weeks.
1: Vanderbilt dropped 14 spots after losing to Alabama by a hundred the other last night.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, and, and Alabama didn't help uh, too much, really, uh, by getting the breaks beat off well, of it. I'm-
1: I think focusing on the net after those two games is just, it's like, whatever. Because, like, ultimately, if you watched those games, Memphis did what good teams do against bad teams. They left no doubt against SMU. And, like, when they were on the road, <clears throat> yeah, they let Tulsa hang around a little. But when push came to shove, they just, they put their foot on their neck and, and like, it was in it was never in doubt. Uh, over the last ten minutes, and um, I, I just look at it as they avoided disaster in those situations, and not only avoided disaster. It wasn't like they won close; like they did what you hoped they would do in both games.
0: You yeah, know, eye test wise, it was it was every just about everything you could ask for. I mean, I don't I don't think either one of them were wire to wire, but they might as well have been. Uh, really, I mean, like there was never a. There was never a point in either one of those games where it was like, oh, this is, it it wasn't like the South Florida game at FedEx Forum where it was like, oh my goodness, it is getting late and Tyler Harris is hot and, and yikes, this could get, this could get really bad here in just a few minutes. It was never like that. It was, you know, like you always, you you knew that Kendrick Davis was going to wake up as Penny Hardaway. Uh, Phrased it after the Tulsa game. You knew that DeAndre Williams was going to wake up. I mean, DeAndre scored 12 of his 17 in the second half against Tulsa, and Kendrick Davis scored 19 of his 26 in the final 20 minutes. And so, uh, you know, wake up they did. And, and yes, to your point, they did exactly what they were supposed to do. And, um, you know, that's that's can't you can't ask for much more than that. And, um, and and what now five five game winning streak that they are on as they prepare to face uh to face Tulane uh, on Saturday so um you know like they're coming in with a head a head full of steam and uh you know it's it's a it's a it's a big opportunity it's it's another one that's not like it's another game that's not going to you know, help you in terms of metrics tremendously because Tulane, you, you know, they, they had started well uh, conference play, but they've sort of fallen off. They lost to Tulsa on the road um, and they lost to Houston by 20 uh, on uh, at home. And so uh, that has not helped their net necessarily. Uh, let's see, what are they now? They're 99th as we sit here today. So beating Tulane on Saturday isn't going to like you know get, make Memphis's resume any more impressive than it already is but it will you know uh you know you get revenge on the team that beat you, one of the teams that beat you earlier the season and you know you, you you it sounds like Malcolm Dandridge is going to play so it'll be interesting to see how he gets uh you know worked back into the rotation um see how healthy he is and 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 those sorts of things so Um, but yeah, as far as the week, it was, it was, it was, it was a good week for Memphis basketball.
1: Yeah, no. And, and I think if you look like before we look ahead to Tulane specifically, like personnel wise, it is interesting. You mentioned Kendrick and DeAndre, and if we compare this to, um, to kind of the groove they got in during non-conference play, it does feel like it feels like Kendrick is maybe not. Playing at the, you know, the exact level he was against like say Alabama and Auburn, but he's shooting the ball much more efficiently. Now it feels like overall, and clearly Deandre Williams has taken his game up a notch. It feels like in recent weeks, and then I think beneath them, like you've got a nice secondary duo now with Keontae Kennedy and Elijah McCadden. It feels like over the last five to seven games, whatever you want in conference play, it feels like you're starting to get more reliable production out of both of them um you, you seem to be you to kind of, it's not like they're coming and going as much it's been much more consistent and it's been a nice boost for this team and now it appears in the tulane game you're gonna get malcolm dandridge back to kind of uh provide some beef inside um and i don't think you know they've shown that they can over this recent stretch that if they need to, they can play without a true big. And I think that's important because I don't know exactly how many minutes Malcolm's going to be. I don't know if Malcolm's being able to give you is going to be able to give you 20, 25 minutes right when he comes back, Uh, you know? um, And so um, it'll be interesting to see how they reintroduce him to the rotation. If indeed he makes his return against Tulane, but it does feel like they've hit on some stuff during this five-game winning streak that maybe they hadn't even hit on when they went on a five-game winning streak back in non-conference play?
0: Yeah, so to your point, guess where Keontae Kennedy in the nine conference games, just just looking at the nine conference games that Memphis has played and and all the conference games that everybody has played, where do you think Keontae ranks in terms of three-point field goal percentage in conference?
1: During conference games,
0: yep, nine conference games. He is shooting in the AAC. Yeah, in AAC play, he's shooting forty. Well, I'm gonna guess because you're citing
1: it, it's higher than I expect. Let's say... What's his percentage?
0: Forty-two point one percent. Well, that's three. very
1: good. That's very good, Munz. I know it. I that know that
0: it. sounds like it'd be top three. You know what? You would think that, but it is seventh, which okay. is which is respectable. It is better than Tyler Harris. Tyler Harris is shooting Uh, 42.0. It is is right behind Jalen Forbes, who is 42.2, who is the second leading scorer in this conference, right behind one Kendrick Davis. Um, It should be noted that uh, one Landers Nolly is number one in conference play, shooting 50.8% from three. But Mm. the point is, the point is, uh yes, to like like the points you made about um you know it's not just the Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams show. Keontae Kennedy has stepped up, Elijah McCadden has stepped up and they've developed this nice rhythm and flow uh to to you know what they're doing. Like it's it's uh it's it's really been nice to see and watch it develop and um and you know now they just gotta uh, it's going to hope it, hope they can keep it going.
1: Yeah, no, it should be, uh, should be, and and the schedule is about to pick up a little bit here. Um, we mentioned Tulane, um, you've got, uh, after that, I believe at South Florida and yep. then you have what I said, yes. At and South then you've Florida. got Temple and then UCF both at home Followed by that Houston game and it's setting up the first Houston game, I should say on the road, but it's setting up to where, look, if you can win these next four and that's a, you know, that's an if, you know, like, especially, you know, all four of these games, you know, if you don't play well, you could lose. And we saw they didn't play well against Tulane on the road and lost. Now, three of they're at home where Memphis is among the best in the country this year um you know, on a nice you know one of the longest home winning streaks in the country at this point um but if you can win the next 4 you're looking at being 21 and 5 and probably ranked heading into that Houston game
0: um which would be can, some can can Memphis lose any one of those 4 games and still be considered on the right side of the or still can they lose any of those 4 games and not have to beat Houston once, at least once, to yes, you know, they can't. To be a
1: tournament. Yes. I think where they're positioned right now, they have room for one bad loss if they want it. If they like hopefully they don't have it. But like where they're positioned right now, in my mind, like they can probably, they can probably go through one bad loss if they if need be. Yeah, I do believe that.
0: And like, so follow up question: Can Memphis go seven and two with both losses to Houston being being you know Houston games? They will make the if
1: that's the case, Jason. They will make the tournament. I don't know what their seed will be, but they will make the tournament. Yeah, I don't think they need to. If they don't have, if they will go seven and two, and the two losses are to Houston, it would mean they would have no bad losses on their resume. There is going to be no bubble team in the country other than them in that scenario that has no quad three or quad four losses. Like that is going to be something that will get. Yes. I think they get in at seven and two, even if they don't beat Houston.
0: Hey, listen, I, uh, I, I, I do not disagree. I'm I'm glad we agree on this.
1: That would put them at
0: 24
1: and seven. Right. 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 Yeah. They're in the tournament at 24 and
0: seven. No doubt. No doubt. One quad one win in that, in that scenario. Yeah, but they'd be way above 500 in
1: quad one slash quad two with games and they'd have no bad losses. Yep. I'm just telling, I'm telling you they they'll be in if that's the case I don't know if they'll get higher than like an eight or nine seed or even a 10, like maybe they might be a 10 seed in that scenario, but they're in, in that scenario, right. I think,
0: well, I was just playing devil's advocate. Just wanted to hear what you yeah. uh, hear what your thoughts were, but yeah, no, no the no. the way to getting higher, like you
1: know, right now, I think they're probably without a Houston win, they're probably capped at like nine, eight, and probably right. maybe even relegated to ten seed type scenario. Right, scenario right. Which maybe you want a ten rather than an eight or a nine, honestly. I,
0: I um, think
1: you do. Yeah um but like right now like to me going 7 and 2 without a Houston win is like maintaining the status quo and the status quo right now if you go over to the bracket matrix for this year they are according to their 70 i think it's 78 brackets their average average seed is a 10 seed right now right. um so um excuse me, it's 9.72 They rounded up to a ten seed, but that's their average seed right now. And to me, going seven and two without beating Houston is maintaining that status quo.
0: Well, yeah. Listen, uh, I mean, the reason I kind of bring that up is just because it should be noted, like we should we should put it into context and put it into perspective. Exactly, you know, the good work that's been done by this Memphis basketball team this season. Like, you know. There seems to be sort of a, uh, there seems to be sort of this, you know, we talked about it, I, you know, you and I talked about it on your show uh, last week or this week. I don't remember exactly which one it was, but it was just about sort of the ho-hum, um, you know, attitude uh, among, among the, the fan base about, about like where this, you know, what this team has done and where, where they are mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, um, there just doesn't seem to be a ton of buzz, um, and 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 there probably should be, because uh, like again, you know we're we're talking like yes, Memphis fans have very high standards about you know like this, Memphis fans are used to, uh, you know being much higher seeds, you know, contending for conference championships every single year, making it to the NCAA tournament every single year, no questions asked. And, you know, if it's not going to be that, then this is sort of a little bit of a, you know, I get it. It's not the same, uh, than it was at the same
1: time. You didn't make the tournament for seven years,
0: (laughs) you know, I mean, getting
1: into the tournament again is not like some feat to scoff at for, I don't think
0: very, very true. and. You know, um, it's it just I think I think personally, I think what Memphis has done this season, what they've shown this season, and specifically looking at that Alabama game, right? Alabama, I think we can all agree, Alabama is a, you know, is one of the best teams in the country. And Memphis. Well, here, here's a
1: question for you, months. If let's say Memphis is an eight or nine seed, okay. Okay. Okay? In the scenario, this was presented by David Cobb, our former colleague on my radio show. Love David. Who would you rather have faced as facing as a one seed Tennessee or Alabama? If you're Memphis in that scenario, Uh... I think it's Tennessee. I think if like if Memphis could get put into Tennessee's bracket, I think they've, you know, Tennessee could win. They're a really good team, but like, it'd be like a 60-ish point dogfight. And I like, you know, I think Memphis would have a decent, certainly a a pretty good chance in that game. Um, and then you have the other scenario of you're you're talking about Alabama, how, you know, they essentially lost by a bucket to Alabama on the road when they played during the season. But two scenarios yeah. there where both those teams could be one seeds, potentially, certainly are going to be one or two seeds. And that's the type of team you could end up facing in the second round if you can win your first round game.
0: Right. And if you can get by, uh, I mean, I'm not saying anything anybody doesn't already know, but if you can get by that, well, then all bets are off at that point. Like if you can get to the second weekend, then then it becomes it becomes, you know, it it feels like it's much uh, like it's it's smoother sailing once you get past that um, initial like, you know, if you're an eight or a nine seed and you got to play a one uh in the second round if you can get past that then you feel better much better about your chances of making a of making a really nice run uh at that stage so um you know but you know still a long way to go right uh nine nine games left I think
1: yes nine regular season games left yeah no I mean like ultimately. You know, like I, I one of the things I like reading every year he's been doing, he, he's now at the athletic, but he used to be at ESPN.com. Iman Brennan, he does like his bubble watch and he has three categories lock should be in and work to do. And if you're not in the work to do category, it means you're not really in his mind on the bubble. Um, and he's still, and he's like a little tougher than other people. He has Memphis in the work to do category. Ultimately, hmm. still, he doesn't have them in the should be in category. Um, now that doesn't mean he's saying they wouldn't make it if the tournament started today. They, I think they, they would, they very clearly to me would make it if the tournament started today, but like they can't go five and four down, you know, like going five and four down the stretch would, you know, put things into peril very clearly. I think, you know, yeah. they got, yeah, they got to, they got to close strong. Um, here in this closing stretch and it's, you know, it's set up nicely where they've got these two big games against Houston, where they'll have a chance to really get a marquee win. And they've got quite, you know, they most of the better teams in the AAC, they are playing at home down the stretch, you know, whether it's Cincinnati or Tulane or Temple, um, or even Houston, they're getting a home game with UCF. They're getting all those teams at home here now down the stretch. So um, it has set up nicely.
0: Yeah. And it, and, and it starts with Tulane. Uh, yeah.
1: What do you matching. make? What do you, what do you make of that matchup? It's obviously been, you know, one that has given them trouble, particularly in new Orleans, that's matchup zone defense that, uh, that Ron Hunter plays. Penny has openly said it's given them problems. Um, what do you make of this rematch? What do they need to do differently this time?
0: Well, I mean, there's, there's, it's going to be different just off the, off the jump. There's no Alex Lomax. You had Alex last time. You didn't have Malcolm Dandridge last time. You're more than likely going to have him, even if it's just for a few minutes, you're more than likely going to have him this Saturday, unless there's some sort of setback between now and then. Um, so, you know, just right out of the gate, it's, it's it's different. You've seen them now. And I think, uh, you know, that's, that's another factor in this is you've, you've got that sort of experience and you've got that tape. But I also think that, uh, and I wrote about this in, um, in my, uh, in my scouting report, that's, that's publishing Thursday morning, you know, Memphis is like the 44th worst team like they they only 43 teams or 44 teams in the country foul commit more personal fouls per game than Memphis. And, and so Memphis at this at this stage is averaging 19 personal fouls per game. They committed 25 in that game against Tulane, which was a bad recipe because that put Tulane at the line 34 times. And that is this Tulane team is shooting 81 percent from the line, which is by far the best in the conference so but in their last seven games not counting the double over the two overtimes um just in regulation of the last seven games memphis is committing like 17.2 fouls per game so it's not great but it it, it is much better than uh you know than their season average so um i think that's going to be huge in, in in this game i mean you feel like you're at home. You're going to get, you're going to get a friendlier whistle, uh, number one. And number two, they're just playing better. They're playing smarter. Um, basketball, they're, they're, they're defending better without fouling as much. And, uh, and I think that's going to be very important, um, in this game. Now, the other, you, you said that, you know, Penny has been open about, uh two-lane zone dif- d- defense giving Memphis problems he's also been open about the fact that their offense uh tends to their five out offense tends to give uh yeah the t- the tigers a little bit of uh you know twist them up in knots a little bit um so. I think
1: it's going to I think it's going to help that here over the last 5 to 7 games they've played a lot more with DeAndre at the five they're going to be able to turn to that type of lineup more like yep. they weren't playing elijah mccadden at the four when they went to tulane back in the beginning of january they've been right. playing elijah mccadden at the four quite a bit down the re- this recent stretch and i think that's something they can turn to that maybe they couldn't turn to in the first two lane game
0: yeah they've just found a, a recipe that that really works and and whatever adjustments that they've made to their formula <laughs> uh, you know, their game to game adjustments that they're making, they're all, it's, it's all, it's, it's, they're, they're, it's working. Um, you know what I mean? And so I just, I feel like Memphis is just in a much better place. Uh, you know, that Tulane game was right off the USF game, um, that, that kind of shook them up a little bit. may have seemed like it shook them up, even though they came back and won, it might have rattled them. Uh, a little bit, but, uh, and then, you know, they had to go on the road and they never play well in new Orleans. So I, I, I just don't see, you know, you throw in the revenge factor and sort of the must win factor a little bit. Um, and the fact that they have the nation's third longest active home winning streak, it just feels like, feels like, uh, Memphis is in a good position.
1: Yeah, it does. So we'll see. And then the other, the other, the other part of this game is that Lorenzen Wright's jersey is going to be retired um, to the Rafters of FedEx Forum? Um, it feels like, you know, we talked. I think we may have talked about it when it happened. I mean, it's been in the works for a while now, but that should be, you know, a pretty emotional ceremony, obviously, with Lorenzen not gonna be not being there. Um, and it sounds like, you know, sort of the effort that went into getting his jersey raised to the rafters. Um, what you do you think that'll What do you think that's going to do to the atmosphere at the game i think it's going to make it kind of a special afternoon at fedex forum is what my guess is
0: i should certainly hope so i mean especially after this long week with all this crazy weather that we've been having like it feels like once everything thaws and and dries out like you know people are going to be anxious to get out and do stuff and this is like at a really good time it's one in the afternoon and um, and, and yeah, the sentimental factor is going to be very high. It's not only Lorenzen Wright's Jersey retirement, it's also Larry Finch bobblehead day. Mm. So, uh, you know, like it, 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 it there's like, it, there should be a very, very, um, you know, just as you said, special air, um, in the building, uh, on mm-hmm. Saturday. So, um, Yeah, it'll
1: be good. I bet you a lot of former players will be there. I mean, this is the first jersey I think that's been raised since Penny's number twenty-five. That
0: feels right. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. And and I've got a, I will have a. uh, It's probably up by now on uh, on our website at commercialappeal.com. I've got the uh, the story, the inside story uh, about everything that went into the the quest to uh to have Lorenzen's jersey um jersey retired. So be sure mm. to check that out.
1: Looks like Penny's jersey got retired in nineteen ninety four. So pretty quickly after he um after he left Eli- Memphis.
0: I think Elliot Perry's was either like the year before or the year after. Uh they they, they did him like kind of back to back a little bit. It maybe been the same year. see. Check that out while
1: you got it. Um, it hey, let me see if I can find it. His isn't as easy to find as
0: uh Oh, no, wait, let's see here. No, Larry Keenan's
1: was actually retired in 2014. OK, so this is the first one since 2014. Shout out Frank Murtaugh over at the uh, at Memphis Magazine for. Uh, Looking up, looking that at Memphis Flyer slash Memphis Magazine for for being the resident historian. Um, But uh yeah, so it should be a first one in almost 10 years uh to go up into the rafters. So that should be a cool moment as well at FedEx Forum Saturday. Again, Memphis Tulane one o'clock tip uh, on Saturday. Um, Grizz, uh, Grizzlies Tigers going for their sixth win in a row. Um Muns, any, uh, anything else you'd like to add?
0: Uh, I mean, as long as we're talking Jersey retirements, uh, pennies, uh, Elliot Perry's was done in February of 1992 pennies was done in January of 94 forest. Arnold was done in January of 95 and then Larry Keenan was March of 2014. So that's how that, uh, I was just curious. So I, I yeah. did some, uh, some searching around, gotcha. um, I'm trying to think, do I, do I have anything else to say?
1: No, make sure you're checking so. out Munz's coverage. Remember he's got that interesting Lorenzen Wright Jersey retirement story going up at commercial We will have coverage from the game Saturday. Um, we're hitting the home stretch of the season. It's February. Things are heating up for the tigers. Make sure you are staying tuned to the commercial appeal, whether it's online via podcast, whatever. Uh, because we will have tons and tons of coverage of what's shaping up to be a, you know, a cool, a nice little stretch run of the season. Again, probably in a better spot than any one of Penny's previous teams. This team is, and uh, uh, could have a, a showdown with Houston looming if things go uh, as planned over the next couple of weeks. Till next time, I was Mark. That was Jason. Stay safe in the ice, and uh, hopefully we'll see you out at FedEx Forum Saturday afternoon.
0: Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of The Commercial Appeal.